Hi, and welcome in this new episode of Ecosistemi. Today, I'm here with Karime, who's a dear friend of mine and a flatmate as well. And I'm here with her to talk about many things related to the environment because she's pretty busy with so many different things and I'm sure she has a lot to share with us. So I would like to give her uh, the word and so welcome Karime. Thank you so much Isa, it's a great honor to be here. And well, just introduce myself. My name is Karime Mojica. I originally come from Mexico, but I am studying in the Netherlands and I'm an environmental sciences student. Um, but yeah, besides this, I have done a minor in international development work at the University of Utrecht. Um, and I, besides being an environmental scientist, I'm also a yoga instructor. Um, I'm a foodie for plant-based <laughs> um, foods, and I also try to live a... I wouldn't say zero waste, I would say a low waste <laughs> lifestyle for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Wow, so many things, so many things that you can tell us about. But I would first like to start with a question that I try to ask to everyone. So where does this passion for the environment come from? Well, it's a funny story. I would say, I think it kind of happened by accident because when I came here, I originally wanted to study something completely different. Uh, but because of f things that I don't want to get into detail because the Dutch educational system is way <laughs> too complex, my diploma was not compatible with the university that I wanted to go to. So I had to study one year at another university. And um, yeah, in the end, I ended up studying environmental sciences at the university where I am studying my last year now. And I honestly fell in love with the studies. Um, I, yeah, it became my true, true passion. And I just stayed there. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. And would you say that your connection to the environment changed during the years? Like, extremely, extremely. I... Back in Mexico, I wasn't really mindful or I wasn't really um, aware of all these things. I was the type of person that would say, vegans, really? I could <laughs> never. <laughs> Here I am. But um, yeah, I mean, I my lifestyle changed completely. I cut off meat of my entire diet, which for a Mexican is a huge achievement. Yeah. <laughs> um, I stopped buying uh, fast fashion um, things. I became much more aware of my con overall consumption and um, yeah, the zero waste living or low waste living as well, it's um, also something that I've been pursuing since I began my study. So yeah, uh, mm -hmm. definitely changed. But yeah, if you would have asked me a year or two years ago, if I was doing enough, I would have told you, I would have told you that I yeah. like it's not enough. Yeah, I, I see a, a similar pattern, 
pattern with me as well but I related to this I wanted to ask you because the last episode uh, was with a friend of mine as well with a classmate and we were talking about climate anxiety denial and all these emotions that could be related to the environment mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask you if during these years that you developed this passion and, and this interest you also experienced this climate anxiety definitely yeah uh, I think that my anxiety attacks began whew, during my second year of bachelor's um, and this was not only the climate um, I would say that it was a mix between me feeling homesick um, the extreme stress that I was under because of um, uni work and then on top of that I felt this huge burden or like this huge weight on my shoulders and I felt like I was carrying you know the climate crisis on yeah. my shoulders and I did not what I didn't know what to do with it um and yeah I don't know like in my intention of bringing awareness and creating a positive change I was you know trying to literally force people to change and I think that the biggest or the people that were the most affected by this attitude was my family and my boyfriend. Um, because, you know, <laughs> to me, like Greta Thunberg would say, um, my house was on fire. Yeah. And I felt like um, either people were just waiting to burn and die in the fire, or they were just watching me try to put it off all, my, all, all by myself. So that was a big, big um, burden. Yeah, burden, exactly. Yeah. Horrible experience. And how did you deal with this? Um, yeah, <laughs> talking a lot about these things. And I mean, the thing is that my mom, she's a therapist. Um, and she, since a very young age, she brought me into the world of mindfulness and uh, meditation and all these things. And she's also um, a psychologist, right? So she would try to bring me back down to the world and make sure that I was seeing things clearly and that my house was not actually on fire. Um, but yeah, it was something that was also tough for her, you know, because um, I don't know, like... Yeah, I guess it's hard to see your daughter uh, feeling that bad, right? Definitely. And feeling the responsibility to save the world. Although, of course, yes. it's a dream of many people saving the world. But uh, what I was also saying in the last episode is that we, we, we are all responsible as society, but we are not responsible uh, all um, just as we're not responsible to save the planet, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, so have you ever um, also experienced it like with your classmates? Because I think that studying environmental sciences, you get so many info and so many uh, news and insights into the topic like in, on a daily basis yeah. and you have to study it. So <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you like if, if it was a common thing among your classmates as well. For sure. For sure. And you see, the funny thing is, well, funny and not, of course, is that we get taught all the basics and not basics about the climate crisis and climate change and um, the damages and what the like how these consequences are actually caused. And they are all tied to human activity. Right. Um, and the thing is that 
never in my entire four years of studying did I get a course on how to deal, like how to emotionally emotionally respond to the information that I was receiving. And um, this is something that I read in a book um, that I will uh, mention later on. But in this book, they tell it's a teacher, an environmental sciences teacher who wrote this book. And she's like, um, we as uh, lecturers in the field have failed to address the biggest driver yep. of our students like the main reason what why people decide to study environmental sciences is because they are aware of the damage and they love the environment and they want to do something but how can we not address depression yep. that is caused by all this information how do they not teach us how to deal and effectively communicate ourselves with others without making them feel ashamed of yeah, the, just feel, existing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? So um, I would say, of course, it's not to blame anyone or to point the finger at something, but I definitely think that as environmental, uh, yeah, as to study this, my program and any other environmental sciences program and engineering, none of them, address this yeah but do you think that the teachers well in this case here in the netherlands are aware of this topic or is it is it still something new for them i think they are aware because they live it yeah but they're they also have not really received the support that they that we all should receive you know the the um, you know what sure things are not great out there but you being depressed, being burnt out, and being anxious about what is happening, that is, n you will not get to fix anything. Yeah. So dealing with um, anxiety and also, you know, whatever study you, you are going through, every single student has been stressed, depressed, or anxious because of uni work. And just add to the that environment the environment <laughs> is like <laughs> the yeah. recipe for disaster you know yeah no. so i would say that the teachers are of course aware of it but nobody has defined it yeah. or awareness has not really been put onto the topic of climate anxiety or not as much as it should have no yeah i totally agree and i hope honestly that in the future they will organize workshops for, for both students and teachers because, I mean, the teacher is the one um, teaching you yeah. and educating you about the environment and how to deal with it. So I think that the, the teachers should be the first ones uh, taking it seriously first and acknowledging it and then also taking action to heal from that condition because, of course, it's, it's a collateral damage, I would say. And Definitely. the planet needs everyone, as I always said. So... Yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, there will be more awareness on the topic. And I also wanted to ask you um, if you um, if you have a specific way of dealing with this um, uh, climate anxiety and if there's also a relation with your yoga, since you're a yoga instructor, if there's a connection with practicing yoga and mindfulness as well. Okay, um, very good question. Um, I would say that there is all the connections that you can see, you know. Um, yoga on its own is um, like a meditation in motion. 
because um, I don't know if, of course, maybe not everyone who is listening to this has practiced yoga before, but just take a workout that works as well um you are so into the movement you're so into the your body and you don't have the time to think about crisis you don't have the time to think about um like other scenarios it's just you uh the equipment that you have your your yoga mat and everything else just fades so yoga has helped me bring myself back to the now in a way, uh, bring myself back to my own body and uh, identifying how I'm feeling because every single emotion, every single trauma that we have is somehow stored in a part of our bodies. That's why when we're mad, you know, we uh, get stomach aches or our heads hurt because the body ex- yeah, expresses what the mind or, or what your voice doesn't. So bringing um the connection between um my climate anxiety or my anxiety with yoga and meditation has helped me realize that okay (laughs) stressing over something that has not happened yet (laughs) is basically living it twice you're living it in your head and you're living it as if you had already been through it and maybe you it maybe won't happen but your mind your brain it has already been there yeah. you know done it <laughs> so um i think that for me this was and th- this took three years to realize don't of course it's better said than done or easier said than done but um through reading through practicing yoga through therapy i mean uh, i mean at least in the netherlands i'm aware that therapy is pretty expensive mm-hmm. but Um, You know, there's plenty of uh, tools on YouTube, on social media that can help you. I don't know, I've recorded meditation on how to decrease anxiety. And these meditations, what they normally do is that they bring you back to earth, basically. Because you start, I don't know, thinking about the emissions and thinking about the fact that when you are 80 years old, you might not be here or your grandchildren will not even be able to see the beach and things like this and you know i even get anxious about talking about it but right now if you just focus on objects that you have in your room like if you feel like your mind is wandering and you're like i don't know traveling in time 30 (laughs) years from now then just for instance right now i can see that there's a plant so just focus on the plant and the colors of the plant and what it has and then just like that it's easy to come back to to your room to your space and you can do that just by sitting down or if you would like to try the yoga then you can just put on a youtube video and then focus on that and really listen to your body and what it's telling you because nobody has ever taught us how to listen to our bodies like you know if you have a stomachache oh you pop a pill you yeah. just take paracetamol or if you have cramps or a headache you just it, ibuprofen yeah. but it's a it's a cheater's way to dealing with your own traumas and your own bodies so it's not a comfortable way of doing things definitely not it's really hard sometimes to face our own emotions and to face our own demons but there is no other way that will be sustainable yeah where you will actually be able to deal with this in a healthy way and 
convey this message to the people that are also going through this. Yeah. So and for for a beginner, let's say who's never practiced yoga or meditation, do you have like any app or any any tool that you would suggest to use? Because I guess that some people never experienced it and they they don't have any kind of um, yeah experience with uh, mindfulness um, apps or YouTube channels or yoga instructors <laughs> like you. <laughs> But yeah, do you have any suggestion? For sure, um, I this is the the app that I normally use, um, and I it's like you have meditations that are from ten min like five minute long to even an hour long, um, and the app is called Insight Timer, and I'll um, I guess that Isa can just write it down yeah. over. Um, yeah, I'll the, write it in the description. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's called Inside Timer, and this one is really, really good because it has different languages, different durations, and different topics. So if you uh, click on or if you type uh, meditation to heal anxiety or meditation to fall asleep or like all these things, you will definitely find a, a long list of things, and you can just pick the one that you like the most. And um, for yoga, uh, apps, I'm not really, I know a website that it's called Allo Moves, A-L-O and then moves mm -hmm. as in movement. Um, and that one is really good because it also has different teachers that are very famous, uh, different um, intensities, different uh, types of yoga as well. And you can, if you're a beginner, you can start with that. Or, or <laughs> with you, because I yes. know that you also just opened a studio, like online classes. So it would also be good, maybe if someone is listening, to just check it out. Because um, I also think from experience that you have a really calming voice and you're really good at explaining. So I would suggest, personally, I would suggest that one as well. But um, apart from that, I also wanted to ask you, is it true that even just one minute, two minutes meditation a day is, um, is helpful? Definitely. Um, well, back to your, um, <clears throat> your promotion, I would say. <laughs> um, yes, I just started, I just opened my very own yoga studio. Uh, virtual for the moment but hopefully um, once the corona lets us there will be live classes and if you are in another country the class will be both recorded while they're being live so you can also follow it wherever you are and um, if you have never tried it or you would like to try it first uh, you get a free trial and you can find it you can find everything on the website it's pretty self-explanatory Uh, but if not, you can always contact me through any social media and I'll be happy to answer. And about the meditation, it makes the like a world of a difference. Um, and I really notice whenever I have not meditated, I notice that I just get off of the bed with the wrong foot. You know, I am in a bad mood or I am just ugh, irritable and things like this. So, and it's not only meditation as you know something that can help you and um, just for the moment there's also um scientific proof proof that it changes your body chemistry and your brain chemistry because we're all you know we have so many uh, substances and hormones and 
all our body tem um, processes are chemical reactions, right? So by you meditating, you change around the chemistry in your brain so that you produce more hormones that make you happy and you level down the hormones that make you feel anxious. So you, on a chemical and scientific level, by introducing meditation to your daily practice, you're also bringing change on a sustainable way that you know will last for a long time yeah. but like everything you know you need 90 days to create a new habit yeah so <laughs> that's so, always the challenge <laughs> exactly so i mean being patient and keeping track of your um the times that you have practiced yoga the times that you have meditated um and keeping track as in celebrating your little achievements, not being like, oh, I did not have time to meditate today or, oh, I didn't do this. No, noticing the good things that you have done today instead of noticing the ones that you haven't been able to do. And there's this um, really, <laughs> I love this quote and it says that um, if you don't have five minutes to meditate every day, you need to do half an hour because if you don't <laughs> yeah. have the time to put it towards yourself and yeah. towards your well-being then there's something yeah. you know that you need to work on yeah i think that um, society is not aware enough about the power of meditation and as you said it takes 90 days to um, get an habit out of it and that's the challenge sometimes and i can see it also myself that i always try to do new things but then yeah, unless you you're um, you you practice it daily or weekly, it's never becoming an a habit because mm -hmm. yeah, it's just really hard to get into it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, now that we talk about yoga and climate anxiety, you at the beginning you also said that you're you you you're plant based you have a plant based diet. So I wanted to also ask you if the food had an influence in your way of being and reacting because for example personally i think that um i saw on myself and in my mind as well that eating fruits veggies and having a more plant-based diet really helps your um control of emotions as well and uh, i feel myself more relaxed less anxious and i wanted to know if that's the case for you as well um, I can only speak from my personal experience because I'm not a nutritionist um, and I'm not really an expert in the topic. But the way that I see this is that everything is energy, right? And on a scientific level and on a spiritual level, right? So every time that you eat something, it gives you energy. But this energy might not really be the one that you're needing at the moment. So... Like for me, what happened when I transitioned to a vegetarian and vegan diet, which I must state that I admired, I admire Isa because it happened way quicker than it happened for me. Uh, <laughs> there are people that can just shift, like click a switch and then turn overnight. But for me, it took me at least two and a half years to completely cut out um, all uh, animal products. So every process is different and be patient. But um, the way that I experienced it was that I had way more, way more energy um, throughout my day. Um, I did not, uh, at least back in Mexico, I really suffered from these, you know, we call them mal del puerco. <laughs> but it's like when you have eaten 
so much that you just feel like you need a nap you know like you, your yeah. body just shuts off and those and i'm telling you i eat a lot <laughs> but that i have not experienced something like that since i turned uh, yeah vegan vegetarian or more a plant-based diet exactly yeah. well um, in italian we call it penichella <laughs> well, <laughs> just, it's really funny to just yeah see how the way of saying like changes from, uh, from city, yeah from country to country yeah um but yeah that's really important what you said about the process and that's also what i was saying in the last italian episode mm-hmm. that well actually for me it took like one year to turn vegetarian but mm-hmm. once i turned vegetarian for me switching to vegetarian to vegan it was easier of course it took some months still Mm -hmm. but for example if i look at nico my boyfriend Mm -hmm. he he switches he switched his diet like in in a week and i was so surprised but at the same time as you said we all have our own processes and you're a mexican i'm an italian (laughs) and for both of us in our culture and our traditions meat is a really big things right yeah so but yeah i i totally agree with you that um yeah you just feel more energy along the way and you don't feel that you don't feel any more that feeling and you don't uh need any more that uh, sleep after lunch or after dinner because you you just have more energy yeah and also um my it's it's funny because i've always been somebody that is very active like I, i love to work out and ever since i was a little kid i was in different sort of sports but never in my entire life had I seen so much definition in my muscles um, and much better um, performance conditions, yeah. and conditions at the gym or uh, practicing yoga or any other sport than when I transitioned to, to a plant-based diet. Literally, I could see that my, my skin was tighter, we would say it also in Mexico, that I could see the definition in my muscles easy, um, more easily. And um, I could lift heavier as well, which is super crazy. Um, but back also to, to what you were saying about the processes, um, <laughs> I, I feel like I... So I also have a boyfriend and he is not vegetarian nor vegan but of course when we eat at home we eat uh, what we can both eat but if we order uh, from like another place or if we go uh, if we go to a restaurant back then when we when it was allowed (laughs) um, then he will order meat but this took like he felt pressured every time that he wanted to order something with meats because he felt like I would judge him yeah. and it's the same case for my family back in Mexico at some point I was you know pushing them to stop consuming meat yeah. overnight because I was like no you are the reason why the yeah. you know world is in danger and it's not the way to go you know I think yeah. that something that I would have liked somebody else to tell me when I started you know this overwhelming Uh, feeling of knowing too much and not knowing what to do with the information was to be patient and to recognize your privilege because not everyone has the access to the information that you do not everyone has the means to uh, turn to a vegetarian or or vegan diet Um, at least you know my mom she does not have the time to cook or to learn how to cook yeah. vegetarian. She mostly takes takeout because she's working all the time. And um, sometimes, you know, 
people need their own space and allow them to to have their own process and notice by themselves the benefit of let's say decreasing uh, meat consumption for instance my mom now she tells me every time that she doesn't eat meat she's like <laughs> celebrating and you know tapping herself on the shoulder and she's like i hope that you're proud of me because i have stopped eating red meat since i don't know when yeah. um and then she's like i'm so veggie because i made myself a sandwich with tomato and lettuce and some ham and i'm like mm, mom <laughs> not really but yes. you go girl <laughs> you yes <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you know just celebrating that the small steps the small steps and that people are trying and if they if you lead by the example and they see that you that it's working for you that you know it's like when you're wearing a shirt and it's really cool and somebody comes and asks you oh my god where did you buy it yep. because they want to buy it as yep. well right so if you, if your skin is glowing if you're having so much more energy if you're much more positive and people notice this then they will ask you what are you doing i need this <laughs> so the best way to bring a change to somebody else is not by telling them oh you suck because you're yeah. eating meat or you suck because you bought this uh, plastic bottle uh, blah 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 and trust me i'm not perfect sometimes i also do that and i apologize yeah. to my <laughs> friends and my family for this um because it's not the way to go yeah. But yeah, like the by just leading with the example, you will inspire others to also try what you're doing. And if it works for them, if they have the means to do it, trust me, they will because it works. Yeah, that's I'm, a I'm, I'm definitely a supporter of this. And again, I was saying it in the last Italian episode that I think we need uh, we need empathy when we deal with other people, and we need to also because I lived it on my skin. Like I've seen. Uh, people around me being vegan or vegetarian or being more eco-friendly because I mean two three years ago I wasn't the person I am at the moment but when people were forcing me to do things I would never do that but even at school when they forced me to read books I would Mm. never read that book because for me it's my nature to not do something that someone is forcing me to do right so that's why now that I've became more conscious and more eco-friendly and that I have a more eco-friendly lifestyle, I always try to be empathic and remember the time when people were forcing me to do things and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So yeah, I think it's really important to, I think, inspire in a passive way, you know, like by giving those inputs in a passive way, they will also change their minds step by step. So yeah, I, I really I really think we, we need to acknowledge that everyone has their own process. Yeah. And yeah, now that we talked about yoga and school as well mm-hmm. and food, I wanted to ask you because you said that you also try to live a low waste lifestyle, which uh, yeah, Call it however you want to call it, zero waste, low waste. You're trying to consume less waste. Mm -hmm. Where did you start it? Um, First of all, I think that it's really easy to do it in... Yeah, in a bigger city, I think it's easier to do it because then you will have access to um, more variety of um, low-waste products like a bulk shop or a zero-waste shop or um, like a subscription, like the one that we have where we can order um, our groceries from another uh, company and it's without waste. So definitely it's something that, you know, it cannot always come naturally. 
unless you really live by the tropics or you have your own farm yeah. and things <laughs> like this, um, then it's very hard in our own modern society to live without waste and live without plastic. Um, but just acknowledging that there are very different things and a lot of things that you can do to decrease this you know consumption and they are it's not like you have to go all your way um you know out of your comfort zone to to decrease um something so starting with you i think i started with my beauty products um really yeah beauty products wow um i well before coming back to the well coming here to the Netherlands, I used to be very into makeup and I used to have all the, you know, makeup palettes and all the brushes and all these things. Um, and when I came back, I was like, you know, I don't have the time to look, <laughs> you know, <laughs> extra every single day. So I stopped um, both buying and I also, uh, well, finished what I used to have, but then didn't buy it again. Yeah. So that's also another thing, you know, you don't have to go buy the bamboo brush first or you don't yeah. have to... Because sometimes that's also not sustainable. If you have, uh, you know, a, a drawer filled with, you know, toothbrushes, toothbrushes yeah. for like when you or friends come over or if, so that you don't run out of them, then you have to go through those things first because otherwise... It's waste. It's waste already. Yeah. So I would say definitely my first step was to take everything out of my... my um, Necessaire, or however you yeah, call it. The, um, inventory or yeah, exactly. yeah, drawers. Yeah. In my beauty drawers, yeah. if you want to call them like that. And I saw what I still, like, I separated into different piles, and I was like, okay, this is brand new. I can either finish it or give it away to somebody that will use it. And then the other pile was like things that were half open, half not. Um, and that I needed to finish or just to sadly yeah. throw away, you know, because sometimes yeah. also the beauty products, they have an expiry date. So it's also not good to put on your skin something because everything that we put on ourselves, on our skin, gets absorbed by yeah. our bodies. And um, then things that were, you know, make a list of things that I actually want to buy, but then buy them from a sustainable brand, buy them from a sustainable material that I know that will last me longer. And this took a while because you first have to, you know, consume the products that you actually, that they're brand new and finish the ones that you have and stuff like this. But then, you know, eventually I use um, a bar shampoo and soap. I use a bamboo toothbrush, um, which you can also find electric toothbrushes that are, you know, they're also kind of sustainable. (laughs) Um, I mean, if you have it. If you have it already, then you can just buy the bamboo heads instead of the plastic ones. Um, The razor as well, that's made out of um, stainless steel. Or bamboo bamboo as well. well. Everything's made out of bamboo. But yeah, before I said like, uh, wow, you started from beauty products because... It's crazy because I started with, of course, like a reusable bottle and the menstrual cup. Mm. That's how I started, actually. And it's so interesting to see where everyone starts. Because, again, everyone has their own processes Mm -hmm. and everyone starts from a different... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. from yeah, from a different point, Definitely. let's say. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I would say that also, uh, yeah, plastic was a big one. I think that uh, plastic from food as um, only. I only this year I managed to decrease it up to a absolute minimum. 
um, because then again, a new zero waste shop opened in Breda, uh, mm-hmm. which you guys should go check it out. It's called Elemental yeah. <laughs> if you live in Breda. Um, <laughs> And then the other uh, was the service that we have right now, which is called Peter Pot. Uh, also, check it out if you're interested. Um, but besides that, you know, pasta, rice, all these things, I had to get them from the supermarket. Yeah, so of course. It's also a matter of what you have around you. And while I couldn't decrease the my plastic consumption through, you know, the products that, you, that I used to buy, um, then I would do it you know, I would compensate with something else, like, um, I don't know, not buying uh, new clothes. clothes yeah. Consuming or less water. Consuming less water, which is also yeah. a big thing. You know, there are so many things that you can do nowadays to help the environment a little bit. And, um, yeah, to not really sacrifice, because I feel like every time that somebody sees someone else you know you you have these bloggers that have all their waste of the year yeah, in a jar mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like dude <laughs> yeah, i can't yeah, no, no. or at least not right now with yeah. what i have and what i with my budget that is just not possible for me right now and that is okay nobody's yeah. telling us that you know you have to keep your yes. waste in a jar <laughs> like no yeah. sorry i don't even have a jar yeah <laughs> it's as big that will fit all my plastic yeah. waste or something yeah but um, still, you know, there's a full spectrum of different possibilities exactly yeah. that you can take. Um, I would say just up to you. You decide where to start and you decide what you can do. And don't, don't expect too much from you and from society as well. Because, I mean, if you live in a really small village like uh, the one I come from in Italy, which is 5,000 inhabitants... You cannot expect to there to be a zero waste shop because <laughs> I mean it's a really small village so mm-hmm. and as you said certain things work better in the big cities yeah and I would like to ask you then what is your advice to the ones approaching um, maybe yeah a zero waste lifestyle or a yoga but in general and an advice for those ones who are actually approaching the environment yeah. that they are getting familiar with this topics and yeah way of living yeah well I, w- I think i will start this by um there's something that we talked about before but i would really like to say it over here and that is not really broadcasted or mainstreamed um and it's the the uh sort of line of being or starting to be an activist on any topic which is you know you start being um aware of the issues and you're like super you know inspired and bumped up because you want to you know create change and this has inspired you to learn more and then the curve goes up you know because you're super excited and then you reach a peak when you have so much information in your head that you just don't know what to do with it and you get overwhelmed and then the curve starts going down you enter this sort of stage of depression depression and anxiety and not knowing what to do and then you start reading a little bit more on all these topics and then conversing with people that are also feeling anxious and and uh, helpless and then you start going up because you start supporting each other and then you enter this you know uh, the curve sort of stabilizes because you're in a not a safe spot, but you are kind of choosing not to make yourself sad and, and, overwhelmed. and overwhelmed by avoiding certain types of information. 
Um, and then you, at a certain point, you arrive to a position where you're actually pushed into recognizing what you're doing and recognizing your, your achievements and other people's achievements because you realize that by pushing people, by being so negative, you're not going to get anywhere. And then the curve starts to go back up and then you reach a stage where you will eventually be comfortable. Uh, I think that it's definitely this ride of being aware and bringing um, awareness on any issue, uh, but specifically the environmental crisis. I would say that it's definitely a roller coaster of feelings and emotions and achievements. But by, by just staying focused on one task and one step at a time, I think that is one of the best advices that I could give you to recognize your little achievements and other people's achievements and be mindful of the information that you're taking in because also social media, you know, it's so much that you're just seeing the w one side of it. But, you know, the biggest changes sometimes happen uh, while people are unaware of what's happening. You know, there are so many people that are doing great things like Isabella right now bringing awareness to all these issues with this podcast and bringing people from all over, you know, the, the world. The world. <laughs> well, I'm from Mexico, so yeah. <laughs> you've reached another continent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, try to um, consume positive content but also not reject that there is a problem because without a problem things cannot be solved so changing the the perspective of things and i think it's really precious and really important to know that we have the power to choose from which side of the scenario we are going to stand on are you going to stand on the you know, side of anxiety and overwhelm and are you just going to see the climate crisis as this huge, unachievable problem that, you know, why do anything if the world is going to end? Yeah. Or are you going to stand from the positive side of, you know, yes, there is a problem, but I will do whatever I can with what I have to make this impact a little bit less and educate myself on issues but also not really you know guilting myself on every single information that i see because yeah. then you know you're wasting precious energy that you could use to make a change on overwhelming yourself and just basically you enter this you know fight or flight um yes i think it's called like that uh, a stage where you either freeze up or you break down or you fight against people you know you make them feel ashamed and you make them feel yeah, the you way that you're them. exactly so you have the power to choose where you stand where you're standing at uh, you know facing a problem and this is extremely empowering to me you know knowing that you have the power to know okay this is not really making me feel nice then i'm not gonna see it at this moment yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you, you're you watching a documentary and you're crying your eyeballs off and you're like, mm, I feel so bad, I don't want to live anymore. Then stop watching it. <laughs> you, ha you have the control. Then yeah. change it to cartoons. <laughs> I don't know. So that would be my one of my biggest um, advices. And then another quote from this book, which is called um, Field Guide to Climate 
Climate Anxiety by Sarah Ray. Um, and she says, our, our perception that the crisis is urgent and requires immediate and intense engagement can lead to burnout and to burnout trying to resist a system that is fueled by burning things out it is not resistance so caring for your own and others emotional well-being is one of the greatest forms of activism so here we go back to the mindfulness if you manage to be emotionally resilient and know how to respond at you know against adversities and against information then that is one of the biggest forms of activism that you can bring to the to the environmental crisis of you know battle be by you caring for yourself and caring for others and support supporting your mental and emotional well-being through meditation through working out through yoga you're more than welcome to my classes <laughs> Um, through all these things, you are actively advocating for a better environment. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Thank you, Karima, for sharing this with us. And thank you in general for being here with us today and for spending some of the time um, with us. I wanted to ask you if you would like to add something else to this or in case you don't have anything else to add, then we can conclude this episode here. Well, I would just like to say thank you, Isa, for having me, for creating this space for people to, um, you know, whatever background they have to just bring light to the world and bring awareness on these um, issues and, and just simply show that you don't have to be an environmental scientist or an environmental engineer or an environmental lawyer, whatever, to actually make a difference. You can start small and create big, big changes. Um, so I just want to recognize your big <laughs> battles and your big achievements and that everyone out there that is listening to this, just listening to this podcast and, you know, um, educating yourself on everything that is going on is a great act of, you know, advocating for, for a better environment. So tap yourself on the shoulder, give yourself a big hug. <laughs> And yes, you're doing great. Just be patient. Yeah, I think just be gentle with yourself. Yes. And then the environment and the planet will thank you as well. So, yeah, I would like to end here this episode uh, with Karime. I hope uh, it was helpful for many of you. And I would like to thank you for listening to it. And yeah, see you at the next episode of Ecosystemi. Bye bye.